0: The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Again today, an epic guest coming from Taiwan, of all places. I've got Matthew, who is the host of the Crypto 101 podcast.
1: Thank you so much for being on the show, Matthew. Craig, thank you very much for having me, sir.
0: Mate, I'm absolutely looking forward to this conversation because uh, you've been in this space for a little while, but more importantly, you've been running a podcast for 15 months. Now, I'd like to get a bit of background, if you wouldn't mind, introducing yourself uh, for what you've been doing, uh, how you got into crypto, and uh, how this whole journey began, because I find it fascinating hearing everybody's stories in.
1: Oh, right on. Well, first, my name is Matthew and I'm the host of Crypto 101 Podcast. And my journey into crypto is probably a little bit different than most people. Um, crypto is one of those things that I saw like, back in 2013. And the first time I heard about Bitcoin was I was listening to How Stuff Works podcast. Or was it Stuff You Should Know? <laughs> one of those. Yes. And anyway, they did a, they did a, How, a Bitcoin, How Bitcoin Works podcast episode. And they went through what Bitcoin's for what it can do, the interworkings of it, and, and so on and so forth. And then after listening to that, I started comparing what Bitcoin's uses are for to different aspects of my life, my history. And I got into Bitcoin not because of the utility of it, not because of the money of it. Actually, the money of it always kept me out. I didn't want to lose money. I didn't want to invest. I just wanted this technology to be uh, in my hands, so I can send money cross borders and uh that was a big important to me because I was living in Asia for the past fifteen years, and you know getting money from the states or even around from you know China because I was in China to anywhere else in the world is very restrictive and mm-hmm. so Bitcoin always gave me an option so when two thousand and sixteen came around when I first started dabbling into Bitcoin, thinks I had a uh a friend in Shanghai that was going and in dabbling into it, and we were going and getting our Bitcoin from just dudes on the streets. We would send WeChat's to people uh, that would uh, sell Bitcoin, and we would WeChat them money, uh, and they would hopefully, which they usually always did, uh, give us our Bitcoin to a wallet address. And so we started dabbling in that in 2016, and then by uh, 2017, after you know going down my path of trying to understand everything and you know hanging out on Reddit. And trying to go through the forums, it was just a disaster. And we decided, you know, we needed to make a podcast 101 to help people bridge that gap and get into cryptocurrency with no, you know, uh, shame, with no, you know, embarrassment of asking, you know, easy questions, just a place, mm-hmm. a safe space for people to come and, you know, engage in blockchain and cryptocurrency.
0: I'm just fascinated by everybody's story when we talk about the, you know, diving down the rabbit hole and um, I mean, yours is very different to everybody else's. I mean, the whole use of WeChat to be buying and selling Bitcoin is, is, is that's a cool story and it's one you'll always have. And I, I think the thing that's lost in today's modern Bitcoin uh, communities and conversations is is the utility of Bitcoin. As you said, you, you weren't there. You obviously very risk averse. You didn't want to lose money. You're Mm -hmm. more interested in the ability to send transactions without a border and quickly, relatively quickly and cheap. Um, I think that's being lost. I think a lot of people coming into the space now are are less interested in what the actual token or currency is, whether it be a token or a cryptocurrency, and and more interested in the, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, when moon. Um, A lot of people still (laughs) want to be using that form of language, which on this show we we, we just do not – give that to the light of day effectively because we're a bit more grown up than that. But, you know, I think a lot of people forget the utility of that. Do you sort of agree with that or with the new wave that's coming?
1: I think that's an excellent question. I think that people – look at certain technologies or certain uh, aspects of their lives based off of their experience. And my experience will always be with me. Um, the reason why I needed to transfer money quickly and, and and also crowdsource money was because my son, and a lot of people that listen to Crypto 101 uh, know this story, um, was born with a heart defect. And he was born with a heart defect in southern China. And it cost about $30,000 to $40,000 at the time And this was in 2008. So it's a little bit more money than uh, than $40,000 now to get this to get this surgery for him to save his life. Now, the the thing is, with China's medical system, you need to pay first. There isn't no, okay, somebody's sick and we will build the insurance company. We will bill you later. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. You come in there with 40 grand or you're not getting the surgery. So, you know, being in this situation, I was, you know, calling my dad, my mom, my relatives, my mom was calling their friends and trying to get that money to me in Southern China. And it was uh, it was, it was a disaster. How do you, how in 2008, do you crowdsource $40,000? I mean, my mom didn't have $40,000 in her bank account. Um, how do you crowdsource? And then how do you get it to my mom? And then how does my mom get it to me? And then how do I go through the the legalities and the restrictions and the bureaucracy to get it to, and convert it to the, the currency that I need to get it to the place that I need in the time that I need to save somebody's life. And that was impossible. So for me, I, I agree with you. Yes, the utility of Bitcoin and the importance of something that can cross borders, something that can be crowdsourced, micropayments as fast as life demands it is imperative. And the reason why it's always stuck with me is because of my history and my story with that.
0: Wow, that's a, a very powerful story. And I mean, I talk about perspective a lot on this show. I am a trader, so we do need to be patient. We do need to have a lot of perspective, look at the bigger picture all the time. And that, that, you know, first of all, I hope everything went well. Uh, secondly, you know, it really is uh, a powerful example of, I mean, you said the speed at which life requires it. And I think that's a powerful statement that you just made it. It's, um, we don't often think about being faced with a challenge like that where, we actually need to get money from one border to the next. Most people, when they think of that sort of a challenge, they think of they've run out of money in in, in Europe, you know, on their on their on their gap year, right? I've right. run out of money in Europe. Oh, Bitcoin, bang! It's straight there, and away we go. But that that is a truly uh, emotional story based around real use case that we can now do Bitcoin, not just Bitcoin. But many other uh, tokens and currencies allow that as well. So uh, a big step in the right direction. And for those listening, now you get some perspective. Well done, Matthew. So <laughs> let's dive a little bit deeper. I mean, with the podcast, obviously, I think you said you've been you've been doing the podcast for fifteen months now, sixteen months, something like that. Is that right?
1: Yes, sir. One hundred and sixty episodes so far. One
0: hundred and sixty episodes. Well done. Thank you. In that time, no doubt, because it is a very popular show. You've been speaking with some very good people, some great guests. What do you think, from your point of view, has been the biggest shift in the period of time, uh, or the last 15 months, if, if you will, uh, in the space? Because obviously, we, we've seen the flow. We've seen the, the the masses come in. We've seen the market go crazy. We've seen the market go flop. We've seen the market now consolidate. We've seen projects grow. We've seen projects die. We've seen the rise rise of the ICO, we've seen the simmering of the ICO, we've seen the rise of the security token as we just start to gain momentum there. What do you see as having been the biggest fundamental shift within the blockchain and crypto asset community in that time?
1: You know, that's a very interesting question. I, I personally, for my show, you know, it's of course it's a one hundred one show. So we you have a lot of people on to break down either one hundred one topics, uh, you know, humanize the people that are in the space for example, the listeners, we have the listeners on the show often, uh, hopefully once, once a month, and we try to get them on once a month. And we also talk to projects and we talk to these thinkers and we talk to you know business uh, owners and developers and, and what have you. I don't think much has fundamentally changed. Uh, a, a lot There's a lot more skepticism. There's a lot more cost, uh, cautious behavior. And a lot of people are approaching the crypto space as, I think, a little clearer. Uh, they are approaching it to say, asking, when are we going to get our products? When are we going to get these projects off the ground? When are we going to see returns on our money? And when are we going to get respected, especially from the average consumer? When are we going to get respected that this money that we gave you is an investment into your business, is something that we want to see returns on. And a lot of people call, um, investors contributors because they don't want to, you know, use security jargon or what have you. Can't use the investor word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so but that almost skews the the purpose of people giving them money it's okay we want to support your project we believe in you we heard you we love your idea and we think that you're a brilliant person however now is the time it's game game on when are we going to see some results and we don't have to see you know big results we don't have to see the next facebook or google on the blockchain but we do need to see and be respected for the money that we are investing and also be respected as investors so I think the shift the shift that we saw from, say, um, 2017 and, you know, the huge, you know, let's go moons and Lambos and was investing everything to, hey, wait a minute, we did invest. Now what?
0: Yeah, the, the dinner bell's rung. It's time to feed. Exactly. and I think that, uh, you know, we typically say when the rubber hits the road and a lot of projects. And it, it, look, I, I see it. I won't name the projects. Um, but, you know, not that I wouldn't, but. I could name the projects, but I won't because I don't want to cause any problems. <laughs> but look at the, the bottom line is that what I have been seeing a lot more of is um, is these foundations mm-hmm. right So the project raises a, a bunch of money and they they go, well you know what we've got 50 million of ETH sitting in the bank right now or sitting in a wallet right now. You know what? Our idea, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty hard, you know. It's it's a hard one. Um yes. <laughs> let's start a foundation and invest in other projects and hope they do well, so we don't have to do anything. That's not why I gave you my ETH. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm seeing that happening more frequently, and for me, it's frustrating because look, when when an investment is made, I'm investing in the vision right? I'm investing not just in the vision, but there is an the element of the vision, the team, the execution, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it seems like the, the success of the raise, especially through that sort of December to January window where, you know, there was... Astronomical amounts of money being raised, and I often liken, you know, that ICO gold rush to, um, you know, a kid at school who's who's done a uh, assignment. They've they've made a pretty website, they've made a little cool video, they've written a big long piece of paper. That's the English element of the of the assignment, uh, which is your white paper, and then they've gone and raised thirty million dollars for it. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like this is absolute madness, and these same people are now not doing a great deal. So, I, I'm with you on that in the sense that a lot of projects need to pull their finger out and get going. And interestingly, I think the next wave of, I guess, moves will probably just be because some of the projects are doing what they said they do, as opposed to knocking the, you know, shooting right. the lights out. They're just actually making progress,
1: <laughs> I think the other thing that projects could do, and I would love to see more projects do, is be more communicative and more transparent and more engaging with the average listener or average consumer. Uh, they, I, I feel that the space is turning into an echo chamber of, of of people talking to the same people. You see the same people at the conference. As you say, they see the same people liking each other's posts on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, on Reddit or what have you. And so you have this, you know, almost, you know, closed cultish ecosystem that just keeps fueling it's each other but there but we have to remember that there are you know the moms and the pops that put 100 bucks in there and that's a big deal that put 500 yeah. bucks in there and that's a big deal and they also need to be spoken to they need to have somebody outreach and go to them and say look we have We have your best interest in in mind and we are, we might not be able to do everything. And even if they say it's hard, like you said, the foundation says, oh, the things that we want to do were really hard. So we're going to invest in these other companies, even if it is really hard and it's going to take a long time, there is no reason why they can't make incremental moves toward the future and engage their average consumer and their audience. And we, the people in a way that makes us confident, but sometimes we're just ignored. And sometimes it's just, you know, pushed us behind and, you know, nobody says anything for months. Taking your responsibility is important, isn't it? Very much so.
0: The space is shifting, and I mean, look, we we've seen. Well, I guess I suppose from about April, we've we've seen a, a relative decline uh, in the price. Not, I mean, we, we haven't we haven't broken the lows. I think it was of July. We 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 nicked through them uh, the lows that were made in. I think it was February or January. I can't remember exactly the month. Um, but we since then we, we've continued to make lower highs, but we've also started to make some. High low. So the 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 original low of the year was back in when was that? That was February. Yeah, it was February. And then we tapped down and broke through it again in in the end of June. Now we've 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 been sort of sitting in a relatively sideways market since about the start of July, running through to where we are now. We have seen moments where we have seen the market uh, push up, um, but it has been relatively suppressed now. Throughout this year, because it has been more bearish than bullish this year, of course, you know, throughout the, um, you know, the market used to race up, then crash, then race back up again. Well, you haven't seen that this year. Do you see that as being a positive for the space or a negative? Or what's your take on what a sideways market does for the maturity of the projects and the people within it?
1: The only thing I could say is from what I hear from the people that I interview is that this is the time where they start developing and they put their heads down and they start going forward and, you know, really researching and uh, developing and, you know, working on their alphas or betas and, you know, getting these projects into people's hands. So I think that the sideway market is something good for the developers in these teams. So they don't have to, you know, play off the hype. They don't have to play off the prices and, you know, try to, you know, satisfy and raise money uh, to the whims of high Bitcoin prices or high uh, crypto asset or digital asset prices. So I think that's a, a good thing, This sideways market for the development. Um, with that said, I don't think that it is necessarily telling of the market as well, um, because we don't have these companies with, you know, real products that you could put in your hands yet. You know, I think that once we have a measuring stick. And we we kind of you know always use Apple as examples, but we can use Apple as an example because when they say, hey, they're a trillion dollar company, we can look at their iPads, their MacBooks, their iPhones, their whatever product that they have out there and say, This is what they do. And and this is what I have in my hand. And I can see my friends have it and I can see why that they're valued the way they they are. But right now it's just still speculative. And we are sitting there and we're sitting here trying to reason the value of these companies. And we either reason emotionally, irrationally to understand how we're going to, you know, keep supporting these companies. And that honestly could be a $200 F or a $2,000 F. We don't know until these companies start, start having products.
0: It's kind of like, um, I suppose, the internet is not a website. The internet existed, and websites were built on top of that internet. We've, we've kind of got blockchain as the internet, and things are being built on top of that blockchain. But we still haven't got too many of the pro- products that are out there. Now, that, that's an, you know, there are some exceptions to the rule. There are some great projects out there that are running a business that are you know using or implementing the blockchain within their business, and they are transacting. Uh, it's just much fewer. That are doing it than, uh, than what is out there in the markets at the moment. But um, I mean, look, you, you've you've um, you've spoken to a lot of people. You've spoken to a lot of projects as well with the ICO program that you have as well. Is there any um, any projects that uh, that you've sort of got on your radar at the moment that are of, of interest? And I'm not I'm not saying to shill. It's merely a a point of view. Anything that uh, seems to be interesting that's come across your desk in the most uh, recent couple of months.
1: Honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could say yes, um, and and tell you about these amazing projects. I think that the people are more amazing than the projects. Um, I I I just so these these people that I, I interview, they're building for 2018, but they're thinking in 3018. Yes. These people that are on the show are absolutely brilliant, and I'm just in here playing catch up and getting one on ones on what there is in their head. When I talked to the Mr. Rong Chen of Elastos, he blew my mind. The, his understanding of of computers and the blockchain and what he's trying to do is so far in the future that I can't even imagine what he's thinking. <laughs> but <laughs> but in, in at the same time, is there a project? No, there's nothing. There's a lot of great ideas and brilliant people. Again, like we just talked about, uh, we have to see what comes out of this. But I, when it comes to people, there's a lot of people that I just think that are just, you know, really amazing. And when I talked to them, I was just blown away by what they had to say.
0: I couldn't agree more, mate. There's there's a bunch of people that I speak to that I still don't know how I'm speaking to them. <laughs> you sit there and you go, whoa, okay. Right. <laughs> well, I guess what the people want to know is that they want to know how to understand the way I think. Not a, there's, there's 1% or 0.1% of the world who's got a brain like this guest. Most people have got a brain like me. And my job is to decipher what's inside of that person's brain and make sense of it for myself and them. That's, I guess, part of... Uh, part of what we do and uh, and and how we have our success with the different shows that we have. So, I mean, look, is there anything else before we before we go into um, you know how they can find out more about you, Matthew? Is there anything else in the space at the moment? Anything that you've noticed that you think would be worthwhile
1: covering? No, um, I'm, I'm I'm at your whims of uh, whatever you want to ask, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, look, we tend to uh, we tend to try and cover everything as much as we possibly can without going too far into time. We've got a very professional audience. Thank you to the listeners out there. With most of you guys, are at work at the moment as we record this, but you'll be listening to it on the way to work, home from work, or while you're in the gym. So, guys, what we'll do here at this point in time, I'll ask one more question. That is, how far do you think blockchain is
1: from being mainstream? That is an amazing question. I think we have to define mainstream and the destination before we, before we talk about because, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's a cop out answer. I hear you're laughing, but good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we we just said that there are companies using blockchain. I just talked to a guest yesterday that, or I'm sorry, a couple of days ago that said, you know, FedEx is de- developing their own blockchain to track their packages. We have Masrik, you know, doing first shipping and uh, supply chain. So blockchain is there; it's being utilized. And is that called mainstream? Because we don't know they're using it. I don't know. Is blockchain going to be mainstream when we all have it in our hands? We're using social media on the blockchain, distributed uh, and and you know, tokenizing our data. Is that mainstream? I don't know. Is blockchain, uh, blockchain, mainstream when um, you know we are transacting cross borders using Bitcoin? I don't know when it's going to be mainstream or what mainstream is. All I know is that it's a far way off, and the only that way, way we can get it to mainstream. Actually, let me bring that back. It's far away off, but mainstream could be defined of how we want to, and because Bitcoin gave us a tool that can again. Break us away from the control of, you know, banks and governments and what have you and allow us to really control our destiny. So if we, the people, want to a mainstream to go a certain direction and transact across borders without the Fed or the governments and, you know, and maybe our government even be de- uh, developed differently to vote on the blockchain, to live on the blockchain with more transparency. These are things that we have. We This is a tool that we have now that we can develop in for the future so our mainstreams could be totally different depending on who you ask and how we want this to progress in the future that's a very well put answer
0: very well done i i've i commend you on on how well you navigate that and put some (laughs) more questions in my head after i asked you the question so yeah i applaud that well done so guys if you want to hear more from matthew and the show matthew tell them where to find out more information about yourself and what you do
1: Well, you can just go to Crypto101Podcast.com. Over there, you can subscribe to our social medias. Our Facebook page has thousands of people there to help you get into cryptocurrency. You can ask questions. If you have any problems ever getting into crypto or navigating the space, there's that community that is very well vetted, so there's no spam and no scams and no people shilling projects. Just there for educational purposes. You can click on our Twitter link to follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes uh, to listen to the podcast. Send me an email if you like as well. And in November, uh, the first early November, uh, we will have a book coming. Calling, I'm sorry, we'll have a book coming out called Crypto 101 johnny's guide to cryptocurrency and that is that book is going to be a story of johnny and his family and in that book we're going to break down the ideas the technology the terminology all wrapped up oh you know, in the trading philosophies all wrapped up in a story of johnny and his family and of his life going into blockchain his mistakes and so you can look at him and make the mistakes so you don't have to so look for that in early november Mate, that's unreal.
0: I um, I can I can hear a bestseller on the way. If you can launch that around the time when the market gets a bit more momentum, I think you will be doing very, very well. And if the way you speak is the way you write, then I'm sure that you'll do very well because it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And if ever you need somebody on your show to give maybe a trading 101, then please, I would absolutely love to be on that show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Matthew from Crypto 101 Podcast, you've got to get across and tune in because the guy knows what he's talking about. Thanks so much for being on the show, mate. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye for now.
0: The Trader Cob Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cob courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercob.com
1: because experience matters.